0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. And it is grand and glorious. This is, this is what 40 feels like. I'd, I'd plumb forgotten. We're going to spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation, because that's what we do on news and politics, entertainment, sports, and leisure. Uber, Uber producer Dan Peters is here to keep you updated on the latest news and weather, as you heard at the top of the hour. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio at Information 1000, streamed live at KSO.com, which you can do, or on the KSOO mobile app. And that's what I've been talking about recently. you got to go get the app. We have a new app. It's just KSO. Uh, Many of you have the Radio Pup app, a fine app by all measure. Don't get rid of that. But you can get your KSOO mobile app that you can listen to this show with just one touch of a button and get the latest updates on news and weather and all the stuff that we like to post at KSO.com. And remember, we're always on Facebook Live, which we are right now, and you're going to want to stay tuned for that, or our Twitter account. And this is particularly important for what's going to happen on this show next. So listen closely get your Twitter up, go to at P Lally show. That's at P.L.A.L.L.E.Y. show. Because I have a very special surprise for you folks and a chance and a chance to win something very uniquely related to the Patrick Lally show. So as you all know, it's Valentine's day today, you know, and you know, it's Valentine's day, right? So, uh here's what uh last night, so uh my friend, my girlfriend, said to me, I want to give you your Valentine's Day stuff, your your present. I said, Well, you don't you know you don't have to do that, that's silly, blah blah blah. Uh and I was subsequently blown away by a patch and some stickers of a uh logo that one mr robert melling of the Sioux empire podcast had made for me and some other folks individualized versions of the south dakota state seal if you'll remember back to the little uh, hubbub over the seal and whether or not you can uh you know modify it for satirical or artistic reasons and making that a crime you remember i was a little upset by that well robert uh, made me one which i 'm showing all the good people out on Facebook live right now if you're on the radio you can't see it, but it's fantastic, and it has become my my personal facebook you know logo there you know my 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 avatar but it's it's the South Dakota logo with the blue with the the little sun thing going around it and you know state of South Dakota great seal, but in the middle <laughs> where you would normally have the little illustration of the rolling fields and farms and such. There's a, uh, a a raised black fist, and it says "Interrupting all programs." Radio Clash. Now, I must say this is this is an homage. We're going to call this an homage to my my one of my favorite bands, The Clash. Uh, it is it is one of their pieces of art, and I don't I'm not selling this, so I'm not making any money off of it. So don't Joe Strummer I think would appreciate would it, God rest his soul. Would have appreciated uh, the use of this in the way we are using it in as a statement against that particular law. There it is again. For here's the deal. I'm going to give one of these away today. I have a few thanks to uh, Jacqueline, friend of the show. Jacqueline, I have a few of these, so I don't have a lot. I do have stickers, okay, and it's really really cool. Um, I'm going to give one away today on Twitter. So you got to go to our Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show. And on there, you'll find a tweet in our feed that has a picture of the patches and the stickers. It says Radio Clash. You retweet that. Go ahead and retweet that for a chance to win one of these fabulous patches. I'll do one today and see how it goes. You know, we'll see if there's, you know a great hue and cry for these patches. They're not expensive. I could make more, you know, but it's really, really cool. Um, and we'll see about the stickers. Maybe I'll get it. Here's the thing is, uh, I, if this is reasonable, I will deliver this patch to the winner of the retweet contest at P. Lally Show. If it's reasonable. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, ride my bike to Vermilion. Or anything like that. But I will get it to you one way or the other. But if it's within my biking distance, I will deliver this personally. So there you go. We are all sharing in my great Valentine gift today. So thank you to Jacqueline for this lovely patch. And thank you, listeners. Get on your Twitter. Retweet the patch Radio Clash Clash tweet at P. Lally Show. And we'll see who wins. We have a great show for you today on this Valentine's Day. Mayoral candidate Paul Tenhaken will be with us in the second hour to talk about his newly released plan for running the city. We'll talk about the legislature and politics with Pat Powers of the Dakota War College blog and our continuing blogger showcase. The Boon Man will be with us for Weird Friends. And Morgan Weber, who is president of the Sioux Falls Curling Club, will be here to Talk to us about a couple of events they have coming up where you can go to learn to curl. It's Winter Olympics, people. This is when you. This is when you want to get in on the curling. And I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, uh, you know, it's the stormy problem. The stormy problem. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO three seventeen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Yeah! Yeah. Thanks to the Bodines for that theme song, Closer to Free They didn't write it for me, they wrote it for all of us But that's just fine, right? Uh, so just a reminder, if you want to get in on the uh, big uh, uh, P. Lally Show patch giveaway Go to Twitter, retweet, at P. Lally Show, find the Clash patch And retweet, it's that easy It's that easy, people And then we'll give it away at the end of the show I didn't say that earlier We'll pick one by the end of the show So that's what you gotta do Hey, a couple things going on. Um, uh, You know, there's a bike trail thing. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow because I got to get, it's it's interesting, but I got to get right to this. All right. Um, And there is news today. There's a a couple of shootings uh, that we have been following in the news that you've heard about. I'm not going to go into any of that right now because I don't have any of the details. So I'm going to leave that to others, but I do want to talk about uh, what is, I think, going to be a significant problem for Republicans. And uh, let us I'm going to start this off, and I'm going to say it again. I don't care who people sleep with. I don't care who they have sex with. I do not care, all right? It's, you know, if it's legal in this country, it's fine. You do whatever you need to do. But this development today is significant in this whole Stormy Daniels thing. You'll remember Stormy, whose uh, real name is Stephanie Clifford, is a porn star whom President Trump's personal attorney has now acknowledged paying $130,000 just before Election Day, which that came out today, or maybe that was yesterday. The attorney said that was his personal funds, didn't have anything to do with the campaign, didn't have it wasn't Trump's money, it didn't take any money, all of that, which is... Fine, and you know, then that story kind of cruises along where it is, uh, sort of a uh, you know low level uh, curiosity because Miss Clifford has all along, other than the fact that she told uh, her story before she got paid. Apparently, uh, she has now said through through lawyers, she said, "I you know I did not have a sexual relationship with Donald Trump." Well, now here's the deal, though. With that 130,000, her lawyer says that any nondisclosure agreement is null and void because Michael Cohen, who is Trump's personal attorney, invalidated that agreement, because there are two stories published Tuesday. Yesterday, one in which Cohen told the New York Times that he made the six figure payment with his personal funds and another in the Daily Beast, which reported that Cohen was shopping a book proposal that would touch on Daniel's story and said the manager, Gina Rodriguez. I'm sorry, not lawyer, manager. The quote from Gina Rodriguez, everything is off now and Stormy is going to tell her story. So this allegedly happened in 2011, uh, shortly after uh Donald Trump and Melania's uh, uh, son was born. And, you know, it's been rolling around out there for a while uh, with about much credence. And that's again, that's fine. That's you know what? That's his business who, you know, whether or not he paid her or whatever it I don't care. I don't care. But here's where it gets kind of sticky is. That. It doesn't bode well for the president and perhaps worse for the Republican Party. Again, I'm going to say this a million times. I don't give a rip who Donald Trump slept with and when. I really, really don't want to know. Unless he's compromised national security. You know, this was before he was a candidate, really. I He was clearly considering it. But let's be serious. This story isn't going away anytime soon. It's only only going to elevate in prominence. This is America, after all. It is one big hunk of mass media. It doesn't matter how many serious journalists are trying to do stories on the budget or inflation or immigration or national security or any of the rest of it. What people are going to watch is the big reveal. Whenever and wherever that may be on Stormy's book tour, she's going to get her payday. You know that. Her publicist is going to make more than the 130000 off this deal. Just her publicist is going to make more than that. That is chump change for the book deal. If you're a serious Republican right now, I, this is very bad. The midterms are looming. Who's going to want Air Force One touching down in their district while the details of the president's sex life are rolling around out there? If you think Stormy is going to be the last person in this cavalcade, well, good luck to you on that. The president has lived, all right? There's no doubt about that. We all know that. But it's only going to get worse. I imagine if you're a serious player in the Republican Party right now, you're spending some time trying to figure out how to run away from the president of the United States without looking like you're, you know, running away from the president of the United States. There's also an FEC complaint in here, and this is how a lot of this stuff bubbled up this week, is that Common Cause filed a, a complaint with the FEC saying that the uh, Mr. Cohen's payment actually violated... Uh, 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 election law, election finance law. Now, whether that's true or not, uh, we'll have to see, but it's particularly troubling, troubling if you're a Republican as it gives people with some authority the power to look into these details. It opens up the possibility, at least, of somebody having to testify in Congress. Not about the sex, but about the payment and, you know, all of which has nothing to do with Russia or collusion or the rest of it, Robert Mueller and that entire investigation that is ongoing, this doesn't have anything to do with that. It has nothing to do with who knew that Rob Porter was accused of abusing his two wives while he was working in the White House without a full security clearance. It has nothing to do with the apparently many, many White House employees who don't have a security clearance. It has nothing to to do with whether Donald Trump has done anything for jobs or the economy or national security or immigration or any of the rest of the things that he or infrastructure, which he's half-heartedly involved in. It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's his sex life. I don't want to hear about that. Do you want to hear about that? Probably not but a lot of people are going to want to hear it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. If she tells that story, it's going to be a dam bursting and that's all we're going to hear. So gird your loins, people. The worst is ahead. That's the bottom line on today's P statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Send me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. You can Get on the Facebook live at KSO's page and chat with us there as people are doing. Or you can get on our Twitter feed and retweet the Radio Clash tweet at P. Lally Show for a chance to win a fine, fine Radio Clash. Uh, it's a, it's a, a satirical statement of the state logo uh, designed by one Mr. Robert Melling. So get on there, retweet, get your chance we'll announce that by the end of the show coming up next it's the boon man for weird friends and then we're going to talk to morgan weber she's president of the sioux falls curling club on their learn to curl events that are coming up this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 346 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo
1: been trying to do it right i've been a
0: lonely life. and we bring in to the studio via the phone morgan weber she is the president of the sioux falls curling club and if you don't know about curling you've come to the right place morgan thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us today
2: much for having me
0: um so you know the big question uh everybody has is uh, you come around to this time of year, or you know every four years we get we get all curling crazy., uh, yes. and you're president of the local curling club. We didn't know most people probably don't know we have a curling club. How did you get into curling? Are you from here? Or are you imported from North Dakota?
2: <laughs> you know that's a great question. I grew up on a farm actually, about an hour north of Sioux Falls. um and then I went off to school. Um I got it. My first job out of college was actually in Bismarck, North Dakota. there it goes um, and Exactly. And, you know, being new to the area, I didn't have any friends yet. So decided to go out and, you know, it's like, well, what do you do in the winter in North Dakota? Um, And we decided it's either joining a bowling league or maybe joining a curling league. And curling sounded new and fun. So we gave that a shot and uh, we kind of got hooked from there.
0: That's wild. That's a great story. It is kind of strange that up in North Dakota they have like these like curling clubs and competitions and they have the buildings and everything else. And we got, we had none of that until recently.
2: Exactly. You know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like bowling. Every small town in North Dakota has its own curling club. Like you said, its own building um, where they just do curling all winter long. We curl here in Sioux Falls at the Shields Iceplex. Um, we have a great time up there, and our leagues are going to be starting here pretty soon, and we have an opportunity for people to actually come out and try curling for themselves this Sunday.
0: Yeah, and you've got these things periodically. Um, so during the uh, uh, Olympics, obviously, attention gets a little higher. Do you get more interest uh, during the Winter Olympics?
2: Absolutely. You should see my uh, my Facebook feed right now. My friends are finding all these, you know, people uh, curling with Roombas and cats yeah. and things. Yeah. Um, And uh, it's definitely more in the public eye, but uh, it's a great sport to play, whether it's the Olympics or not.
0: So, quickly, explain the contest to us. I kind of get it, but I don't really get it.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like um, a mixture between, like, bocce ball and shuffleboard on ice, in a way. You have this big, long sheet about the length of a hockey sheet of ice. And you have two teams of four who play against each other, and their goal is to get their stones closer to the center of a target than their opponent's stones. So, in you know, it's a very simple game in that fact, but there's also a lot of detail that goes into it.
0: So do you have these fancy shoes where you just kind of look like you're sliding along?
2: Yes, I do, in fact. Um, For beginners, you don't have to buy anything to start curling. All you need to do is come in, we say kind of stretchy pants, like yoga pants or athletic pants. And, uh, bring a clean pair of tennis shoes. And we have those, they're called sliders. So, uh, people can borrow those. They can borrow brooms. Um, and it's really easy to get started. But yeah, it's like, uh, your one shoe is super slippery and your other shoe has a little bit of grip to it.
0: Oh, that's how it works. So, yeah.
2: So that's why you'll see, I'm kind of scooting right along and their one foot is pushing and that's their grippy foot. And then they have one foot that has like a, it's almost like a Teflon surface.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when I see that, you know what I think right away, uh, splits involuntary splits and a pulled (laughs) hand.
2: that can happen sometimes but it's usually it's usually pretty controlled
0: Oh, okay are there any are there injuries in curling i mean can you get like a you know bad elbow or something from doing all that uh, 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 with the the broom
2: (laughs) yeah it's really you know it's not like you know tennis you can get like a tennis elbow um but that doesn't really happen in curling if somebody gets hurt in curling it's usually because they fall on the ice you may have actually seen a couple of olympians have already kind of fallen and hurting themselves a little bit um that's the most dangerous part about curling but it is a great workout you don't have to be particularly athletic to curl we have people of all abilities body types ages who come out and curl and have a great time
0: that's why it's popular in north dakota
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, when they're doing the uh okay so these people in the olympics you're watching it and they can actually make the thing curl okay
1: yeah
2: like yep it,
0: can you do that?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually it's really simple. All you have to do is um, kind of like a curved ball in pitching. You just put a little bit of a turn on the stone, and as it travels down the ice, you know, it makes a curved pass. The thing that the Olympians can do that we're not as good at is the, the extreme precision with which they play the game. That's that's the, the difference between a recreational curler and an Olympian.
0: Yeah, because these guys, and and men and women both, they can make it, so, like, okay, I'm going to drop it right here. It's going to hit that one, push that one out of the circle, and it's going to hit the other one and push that one out of the circle and leave mine right in the middle.
2: Absolutely. It's amazing to watch the the precision that they have and just their ability, like you said, to put it exactly where they want it every single time.
0: So when you guys do it here, uh, is it like, you know, first to 10, or how does that work?
2: Yeah, we play, they're called ends. It's kind of like innings in a baseball game but we call them ends and we play six of those. So it's six times that we count up the score and whoever has the most at the end wins. You know, and, and the best part about curling is that the winning team actually buys the losing team the first round. Yes. Yes. I would exactly. be out.
0: I would be out a lot of money.
2: <laughs> that's, that's
0: what would happen to me.
2: It is a lot of fun.
0: And one, one last question. It seems so simple and yet so complicated. The two, the different circles so do yeah. I have to be inside the big circle or the little circle?
2: You know, as long as you're, you have a stone that's touching anywhere on the colored circles, it's a potential point. And like bocce ball, you get as many points as you have stones closer than your opponent to the center target.
0: Oh, got it. Are you good at bocce yeah. ball too?
2: You know, I, I, have, I have been known to play a pretty mean game of bocce ball.
0: <laughs> All I can think of, though, when I think about bocce ball, and this is a total aside. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with curling. Did you ever see Splash? <laughs> no, <laughs> I right have In the haven't. beginning, the security guard, Bachi Bull! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to back to regular programming. So you guys have these events for beginners, and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so give us the details on those again, because you have them more than once.
2: We do. We have one coming up this Sunday and also next Sunday, the 18th and the 25th. We have openings for our 9 a.m. time slot. You come in for an hour, and we teach you everything you need to know about curling. And at the end, you actually get a free drink in true curling style. Whoa!
0: Oh, that's getting better all the time.
2: Exactly. And it, it really is a lot of fun. Like I said, anybody can come out and have a good time curling. Um, we have these things called a push stick. So if a person has you know a back injury, a knee mm-hmm. injury, where they just don't feel comfortable getting down on the ice, we have those so we can adapt the sport for everybody.
0: That's cool. And you get to go inside the fancy new Shields Iceplex as well
2: exactly it's a beautiful facility
0: uh how do i do i gotta sign up what do i gotta do here
2: yeah you can go to our website which is sfcurling.com. dot um we have a little button at the top called try curling go there and you can purchase your tickets online
0: that's awesome uh it's what uh 15 bucks right something 15 like that.
2: bucks per person yep and that includes your free drink oh well,
0: there you go that's a good deal to try something Ooh, new great deal uh, morgan weber she's president of the sioux falls curling club i really appreciate you filling us in and if people want to know more they can go to our our twitter feed at p lally show we'll put the link up there and take you right there otherwise it's SFcurling.com. you'll find it thanks a lot morgan
2: thank you thank you so much have a great day
0: coming up after the break we're going to talk with pat powers from dakota war college about what's going on in the legislature and then paul tenhaken he is a candidate for mayor been on the show before he's got a new plan his 2026 plan and we'll grill him on that this is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 358 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 38th annual Artists of the Plains Art Show and Sale five to nine friday ten to six saturday ten to three sunday at the hilton garden inn in downtown sea falls free and open to the public featuring artwork from more than 25 local and regional artists from five states and don't forget everybody get on the twitter feed at pew alley show retweet the clash patch for a chance to win one coming up after the break pat powers from dakota war college and paul tenhaken Mayoral Candidate, this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 407 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we talk a lot about the legislature here, and we recently started... Uh, something we like to call the Blogger Showcase. And one of the bloggers that we've gotten involved with this is Pat Powers from the South Dakota War College. That's dakotawarcollege.com on whatever browser you use. Pat. Looking
1: good on TV and sounding fabulous.
0: (laughs) Hey, Pat. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, of your busy, busy schedule. I know you're a He's a busy man. Um, So... What what is catching your uh, uh, eye uh, at the legislature these de- these days, uh, and what are you writing about on your blog that's of interest?
1: Well, one of the big topics that has uh, has gotten a lot of attention lately are uh, there's a, a a House and a Senate campus free speech bill, uh, which uh, the the House version uh, was put in by uh, State Representative Mike Clark. Uh, and, uh, and that was put in to guarantee the uh, rights of free speech on uh, our uh, state's university campuses. And, and part of that came out as a result of the uh, University of South Dakota was cited by a group for having uh, free speech zones, which had been previously found as unconstitutional uh, I, I believe up at, at the Supreme Court level. and, and it had also been cited by uh, in a report as uh, having some policies contrary to uh, free speech rights. And there was also, uh, in the past couple of years, a uh, a movie that uh, was going to be shown mm-hmm. that uh, some people viewed negatively. and uh, and so the uh, showing of the movie was canceled. So uh, there was a House bill that was put in and a, a companion senate measure so they were both starting on opposite sides um they uh you know the the house bill had uh, had fallen uh, to uh, they, they they couldn't get it passed mm-hmm. and uh but uh, i know the senate version is still alive and it is generating uh quite a bit of uh, of controversy yeah and this is
0: this is part of a trend kind of nationwide too to push back against what is perceived as sort of liberal censorship correct i'm not overstating that
1: i i don't think you're overstating it and it's uh it's kind of ironic because uh from from our area or our our, our era i mean we remember back to uh you know maybe not quite uh I, I, I think I was uh, pretty much a youngster when it was happening, as were you. <laughs> but uh, there were campus protests that uh, were coming from the left that uh, people were unhappy, they were being squelched, and, and they were fighting for their right to speak out about the injustices of the day. And, and now that it's more conservatives trying to speak out about issues that they're concerned about, uh, there's a, a campus movement to squelch Conservative opinions, and, uh, and and in fact, the uh, uh, it was they uh, I, I believe it was a representative of South Dakota State University actually testified in uh, in the hearing for House Bill ten seventy three that they were they were opposing the campus free speech bill because they said it would make it harder to stop speech that offends people.
0: Yeah, and it's it's that. You know we struggle with free speech, right? We know it's we know it's right, and we know it's the the thing to do to have a healthy democracy. Uh, it's it's that definition that we've come up with, which is hate speech, right? I mean that's and it, it we walk a very fine line where at some measure we know that 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 Nazis, KKK, whatever, they have a right to to parade, right? I think some of the movies. I I don't remember. I remember when it was a controversy, but the movie at USD. Didn't it have something to do with Islam? It was like an anti-Islamic movie.
1: Uh, I, I believe it, uh, it. It it had to do with uh, it, it. Might have been with the, the treatment of women uh, under uh, under Islam. Yeah, yeah and, and it was it was somewhat controversial.
0: Uh, but they banned you
1: know, it. Well, they did. They yeah. did. They banned it. Although I do believe there there was a later showing. But but that you know those are kind of the the forces that are. are Being contested, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why Mike Clark brought the bill was because that you know we're seeing more and uh, and more instances of that. We see it, we hear about it in other states, in California and and Massachusetts and and other places like that. And and South Dakota, I, I I claim South Dakota tends to be about four or five years behind the times because it takes those things a few years. And then we're seeing, we're kind of catching up with that as well, uh, you know, as, as goes mm-hmm. the, the coast states. Then it just moved inward to the Midwest.
0: Um, I was looking at your blog uh, earlier, uh, dakotawarcollege.com, uh, and I saw this uh, a bit about the um, changing the way that constitutional officers like Treasurer and all that get put on the ballot. Uh, that seems interesting to me because the Republican Party is against it, right?
1: Well, they they are they are uh, typically uh, you know we have our our Congress people we have our governor, uh, you know they are chosen uh, or they run in a process where they go out and they mm-hmm. seek signatures on the petitions, yeah, the primaries. and then they're then they're off and running. But the people who are below that. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, Secretary of State, Attorney General, uh, mm-hmm. School and Public Lands (PUC), they all go through a uh, a nomination process at the
0: uh, both at the yeah. party
1: state conventions. Whether it's Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, those are selected at the convention level. And uh, there was a uh, bill put in House Bill twelve fifty nine. And it's actually being heard, I, I suspect, as we speak, because it was uh, going to state affairs this afternoon, uh, to remove uh, those those races from the convention process and put them to petitions. And, and there's uh, there's a few pros, but there there's uh, more reasons not to do it. And in fact, the state Republican Party had come out strongly against mm-hmm. it.
0: I would imagine, I haven't seen anything from the Democrats, and when it comes up we'll see the coverage but i would bet they're not going to like that either <laughs> well because they well, are always I, having trouble finding candidates for some of those positions as it's as the party stands right now they can find people later in the process to put on the ballot
1: well and and, and i i tease them a bit and say you know it just depends uh who who they uh, are able to scare up at the <laughs> local taverns to talk into it but but that that's very correct they sometimes have difficulty filling those seats and mm-hmm. And there's nothing Republicans like more than when we go to convention and we Democrats have their convention and they can't find anybody, which means uh, our person might be uncontested in the fall. But it also has a a strong impact on libertarian and the Constitution parties, because, you know, they're they're suing the state right now for ballot access.
0: And literally
1: it would uh, it would make it harder for them to put people on the ballot, which could end us up back in court. Uh, Go go ahead. ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say the the other big downside is uh, there. There's another reason why it's uh, not a good idea, because we have uh, you know consider how, how when these uh, people running for Congress and U.S. Senate and Governor announced in some cases they're announcing yeah. now 24 months out from the ele- from yep. the fall election, and whereas these uh, you know somebody running for state auditor they might not announce until three or four months before yeah. the nomination june so <laughs>
0: that's right yeah
1: well yeah and, and literally they can there's some people i've uh, i've seen candidates announce a week before the process mm-hmm. before the nomination yep. so you can have uh you would take a process that is more compressed and, and you would literally stretch it out you would add at least a year onto that process yeah plus you're going to take races that sometimes they're they're not spending much more than fifty to a hundred thousand dollars to run those races.
0: Right, it would but make it more, gonna, way more expensive.
1: Oh, tremendously! Yeah, I, yeah. I think you'd see some of those. You know, is it is it is it realistic to expect somebody running for state auditor is going to spend a quarter million dollars or more yeah. to run no. for that office? No,
0: and nobody's going to do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no. right,
1: and, and that's just it. You'll you'll see people who uh, are wealthy, or you will see. Uh, groups or businesses more putting people up for those offices because they have a very specific purpose for that person to run as opposed to it coming from more of a a grassroots uh, interested in in serving
0: yeah Uh, pat powers he is uh the blogger at south dakota war college you can find it at dakotawarcollege.com uh next week we'll we'll talk more about the legislature pat i really appreciate you taking the time today
1: all right take care and thank you very much
0: Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Paul Tenhaken. He is a candidate for mayor of the great city of Sioux Falls. That'll be next on Information 1000 KSOO. 422 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Remember, you got to get in there and retweet the Clash patch, Radio Clash, for a chance to win one of those fine, fine patches. We're going to announce that at the end of the show. Uh, but we are very happy right now to have in studio back with us today, Paul Tenhaken. Of course, he is a candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls and has been out on the campaign trail. What, full-time now, Paul? Is that it? All your waking hours?
3: More than full-time, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all time. It's all time.
0: Uh, so you have uh, just recently released, and the reason that we're having you here today is you've recently released what you call your uh, 2026 plan, right, right? for right. mayor. Um, and there's 13 points in it, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to kind of just boil it down to three themes for this the purposes of today. Perfect. And we won't get to everything, but people Perfect. can go see it. I posted it on our Twitter feed, at P. Show. You can also find it at 10 Haken for Mayor. Or Paul I retweeted Tenhaken. you, so oh, it's there you doubly go. out there. It's out there. Um, let's talk about crime, though, right away, because uh, when you first started running— We've been experiencing, as you point out in your plan, a rising crime rate in a bunch of different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about whether or not that was a bad thing, which we know it's bad, but whether we have a problem. But we've recently gotten some different numbers, latest numbers. It's f- essentially flat in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the f- – the, it doesn't mean we don't have crime, but it's it's leveled off from last mm-hmm. year. Is that good news?
3: It's great news, yeah. We've had a uh, little bit of a decrease in some of the property crimes, some of the uh, nonviolent crimes, you know, we, we hit double-digit homicides last year. and But the big thing when I'm talking about crime on the campaign trail, I really am talking about the narcotics issue. Mm-hmm. And that's where we still are seeing a ton of growth. Yep. Uh, and narcotics and people that are uh, on substances that they shouldn't be are a cause of a lot of our
0: crime. Meth is a big, big problem. Huge. We know that. It's cu- it's made a resurgence again. This is what the third resurgence of meth. Um, it, it is a difficult drug to treat. Mm -hmm. What can the mayor of Sioux Falls really do about substance abuse, particularly meth use in the city? Mm -hmm.
3: So I think when you say you're going to be tough on crime and tough on narcotics, people assume that means enforcement. But I think we need to do a better job as a city with the prevention and education piece as well as the rehabilitation piece. So uh, we have cut some prevention funding from the school district that we used to uh, provide mm-hmm. uh, to the school district. I think that's uh, a short-sighted approach. I think we have to go back to looking at why that happened.
0: Prairie Prevention, I believe, is the Prairie organization. View. Prairie View, thank you. Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh,
3: and also the the rehabilitation options. So um, a lot of these offenders that are in the system are these repeat offenders. So they're tying up a lot of the court system, they're tying up our jails, and they're tying up a lot of our police department's time. So what are we doing to rehabilitate these offenders, specifically those drug offenders, to get them out of the system uh, so that we can focus on other things in public safety?
0: Is there anybody else that should be doing that and isn't in the state of South Dakota? Or is this just... We don't know whose responsibility it is, so it's going to fall on the city.
3: Well, it's, that's the thing. is, It's not a city thing. It's not a state thing. It's a we thing. I mean, this is, meth is not a Sioux Falls thing. It's a national mm-hmm. epidemic. Um, but in some ways, we're all trying to uh, tackle, tackle this from our own separate angles. So I think we have to look at uh, what sort of funding and options do we have from the state that we're maybe not taking advantage of? How are we working with the AG's office and with the legislature? Some of the bills they're passing, what, like Senate Bill 70, for instance, which provides uh, presumptive probation to first-time nonviolent offenders. What that do, that's done, in some ways, it's taken people out of the prison system, which is good, but in other ways... It's uh, handicapped our police department so that when they arrest someone who is a meth dealer, um, even on a small scale, they know they're going to get probation, so um, it really handcuffs them from getting to the source of that the crime, who's the dealer above them, um, and kind of nipping it in the bud. So looking at some of those laws as well that we have in place that are maybe helping us as much as they're hurting
0: us. Do you support uh, Attorney General Jackley's Lee's uh, proposals that are currently before the legislature? It really does focus on the dealer, but as we know, users can easily turn into dealers because they're trying to feed their own habit.
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and and I applaud Attorney General Jackley because he is one of the, the AGs in the state that's or in the country that's really leading the charge on this this meth issue i mean he's been very outspoken about it um and he's really wants to get tough on it so i'm very supportive of that
0: he's also running for governor he's also
3: running for governor so
0: it plays into that against christy noem that'll be a big issue um we're going to take a very short break here we're going to come back and we're going to hit some other issues as much as we can in our very limited time here with paul tenhaken he is a candidate for mayor of the city of sioux falls this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 3.34 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we continue to chat with Paul Tenhaken. He is a candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls. I should say the election is April 10. April 10. It's right around the corner, Paul.
3: 56 days, man.
0: (laughs) Counting them down on your calendar. (laughs) Uh, And then the uh, runoff election would be the uh, three weeks following. I think it's May 1st. Yep, May 1st. Um, the next thing I want to talk to you about, you just released your uh, 13 point plan for uh, your um, 2026 plan, which would be eight years after you take office, uh, assuming you won two terms. Um, there's There are several points in there that I think touch on a commonality. And that is, uh, for lack of a better phrase, sort of changing or accelerating the culture of our city Mm -hmm. downtown you talk about not being afraid of technology Mm -hmm. you talk about trying to uh uh, encourage um new innovative business uh and then workforce issues associated with that Mm -hmm. they all do seem to work together in terms of technological development but diversity um entertainment Mm -hmm. um all of that to attract a different class of business expansion, mm-hmm. and by extension the workforce, you are uh, obviously you are the founder of ClickRain, and you are in the tech business for a long time. How are you going to do all that as mayor? Because you're really talking about changing a culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So I see. You know, we talked about the crime thing before the break, and 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 now talking about workforce. I see workforce as probably the most important uh, you know, economic challenge we're going to face as a city in the next eight years if we can't recruit, retain, attract a young workforce. And a young workforce is looking for a city that embraces technology, a city that has ride-sharing. We got it, 48th in the country, but we got it. <laughs> you know, a, a, a city that... And it's
0: putting the taxi cabs out of business. It is. You have to admit it, that.
3: It is. And it is in a lot of cities uh, all across the country. Um, but, for instance... There was, a, there was a street light out in my neighborhood a while back, and I drove past that dang street light for three months because reporting that was a pain. But if I could do those sorts of things using the technology I'm already using, whether that's reporting that via Twitter Mm -hmm. or reporting that via text message or using channels I'm already using, those are the things I want to bring to the city to say, okay, we need to embrace the way our citizens want to communicate and want to communicate with us and the technologies they're already using to do uh, the the business of government.
0: Do you think that, and you talk about downtown and, and continuing the work there, um, when you talk about that kind of uh, development, private part, private public partnerships, do you see much of a change from the way we're doing business now? For instance, I mean, there's a lot of controversy surrounding hmm. the parking ramp, but it doesn't really have anything to do with that project in particular, right? Um, it, do you foresee more stuff like that, or what is what is it that you see that you are going to do downtown that's going to make that? to make downtown better than it already is, which is fantastic.
3: Downtown is fantastic and and my plan will be to just continue that momentum in a lot of ways. You know, the the next phase of the River Greenway um, we don't talk about that. I'm not sure where that's at. I'm not sure where the funding is in that. We have to continue that project. Whatever we decide to do with the rail yard project is a really critical next step for downtown. So I'm really excited to see the the plans that are going to hopefully come out of City Hall soon of what they're reviewing there. Uh, there's also some private projects that I know are being talked about. Very important parts in, down in the core that um, if those are developed, those will be very attractive to a younger worker. So when I talk about wanting to develop downtown. Um, To me, our downtown represents uh, the heartbeat of the city. And when we're trying to attract young people or trying to attract businesses to come to our city, they're going to look at us and judge us a lot of times by our downtown and the the vibrancy of our downtown. So that's why investing in the core of your city is really important for those economic and workforce reasons.
0: What don't we have? Where's our weakness in terms of attracting innovation and entrepreneurship? To our city, we have we have innovators, we have entrepreneurs, but we know we need more. Mm -hmm. What is it we don't have when we try to make those pitches?
3: You know, uh, I'm the board chair for Zeal Center of Entrepreneurship, so I'm I'm eyeballs deep in entrepreneurship in the city. And one of the things that I feel we have is we have a fractured entrepreneurial ecosystem in our city, meaning uh, we have a tech incubator in Zeal that's located nearly outside of town. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in most uh, urban markets, that's downtown. Your entrepreneurial vibe is downtown. And so we're looking at that at Zeal. It's like, how do we take the entrepreneurial energy that we have in the city and harness it and bring that downtown? We also um, have historically had a lack of funding, whether that's angel funding or funds available Mm -hmm. for entrepreneurships. There's New Falls Angel Fund and some other things that are helping bring uh, entrepreneurship to our city. So uh, I think we're getting there. I also think you need a mayor in the mayor's office that represents entrepreneurship and has has built and grown a business. Say, I know what it takes. I know the experiences that are going to be critical for, uh, for this entrepreneur to experience to want to bring their business here.
0: Are we missing anything in terms of technological infrastructure? You know, in some
3: ways, I think our city could be doing some um, some things more uh, smarter when, I, when we talk about traffic signals and things like that. Those all cost money. And it all, always comes back to a budget issue. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I know now we're using smart road scan technology. So when we're grading roads to say, hey, this road needs to be replaced in two years. I mean, that's, that's where
0: they had like basically a like sonar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It used
3: to be we'd spitball it and say, guy, 69th Street's looking a little tired. Mm-hmm. But now they have this technology that can rate roads. on. So adopting technologies like that that will allow us to spend money more effectively um i think those are the types of ways i want to think as a mayor to say how are we adopting technology in the police force with with city engineering and planning um to spend our dollars more efficiently
0: what kind of businesses are we talking about i mean it's not like we i mean one of the businesses that's coming in is the the big refrigeration place out at foundation park Mm -hmm. that's you know that's just a basic transportation and storage business Mm -hmm. it's a big deal Uh, what, where are these businesses that we can bring in and how are we going to sell them on this? What,
3: what we need to bring in Patrick is we need more, uh, 14 to 24 dollar an hour jobs. We need more 25,000 to 100,000 dollar jobs. And I can show you data that shows you our middle class the last mm-hmm. eight years has been pretty flat. We've grown six figure households and we've grown 25,000 and under households. We're going to talk
0: about that in a minute. Okay, <laughs> so we need to
3: bring and and I think a smart city plans around uh, just like you do in your personal investment a diversified portfolio. So when you put all your all your eggs in financial services or healthcare or whatever it is. And one of those industries takes his turn, a city really suffers. So I think it's very important to look at having a diversified group of businesses and, and, and um, economies that we're bringing to Sioux Falls so that we can hedge any storms that may come our way with the economy.
0: We're a healthcare town. There's we no question about town. that. Everybody knows it. Uh, and in that business, it's never going to go away, but it's susceptible to the government, the federal government, and all the changes that are going on there. Um, do you see any? Threats to healthcare really in our community, or is that's a pretty good base to have. It's a great base to have, uh, and no, but you're right. with With the stroke of the pen,
3: the healthcare landscape can change dramatically. Uh, the funding model can change dramatically, and you know you don't have to. You'll be a rocket scientist, you know what the pharma industry and other things. There's there's a lot of money that's being spent, and drugs are more expensive, and other things are more expensive. So. I think that industry is ripe for disruption and ripe for change, and who knows what that could look like in ten years. Mm-hmm. Now, am I forecasting that we're in a healthcare bubble? Absolutely not. We're we're not, but that that industry has certainly undergone its share of change in the last couple of years, especially with the last administration federally. And I don't see that changing. We're going to keep looking at healthcare to see how can we make it more efficient and more cost effective.
0: We're going to talk about some of these class issues here in a moment. Uh, We're going to come right back with Paul Tenhaken, candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls in the April 10 election. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing our conversation with Paul Tenhaken. He is a candidate for mayor, one of now only seven. We're down to seven down man. to seven instead of eight uh, <laughs> Nick Weiland has joined a council race mm-hmm. uh, I know Nick's listening he's often listening so we we I was going to say best of luck to him but i won't, I don't want picking sides What's in up, race. Nick <laughs> um the uh, uh, the last sort of topic here that I want to go over with you in from your thirteen point plan is uh this notion of social programs and you and I, I use that term broadly mm-hmm. and it, it always uh, it's like a red flag when you say social programs to some mm-hmm. people, but when you think about uh, what the city does and some of the issues that we have, uh, we're talking about social, providing social services at some measure. Mm-hmm. Um, you point out as you did earlier, there's this growing income gap where you've got uh, uh, the only two income gra- gaps that are groups that are really growing are over a hundred thousand and fifteen to twenty five, mm-hmm. and meanwhile. Although what is it like the, the next one up from it's like 25 to 45 or the next one is down 40 percent
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can clearly see in the numbers and there's some natural growth there some people are just going to slide over into 100k household income not a ton of money mm-hmm. but it's livable that that's a pretty stark gap mm-hmm. those are the only two places you're seeing growth
3: mm-hmm. and those do- those numbers make economists shiver i mean when they see a A flat or shrinking middle class, and you're growing in the six-figure earners and those under the poverty level, that's a bad uh, economic outlook for a city. So that's something I've really been honing in on is saying, what what do we have to do to grow the the middle class in Sioux Falls? Uh, And that starts with bringing in a workforce that will then hopefully translate into the right jobs, middle class jobs that will come that's the chicken and the egg thing we want to recruit businesses here but businesses also look at sioux falls and say oh, where am i going to get the employees because you got low unemployment so we got to do both they have to work kind of hand in glove
0: where are we going to get people
3: well that's the, that's the most important point because we are slowly bleeding pukwana and worthington and rock rapids and we're bleeding those cities dry um, and so it's going to be important that for the next decade of the city, that we fashion a city where people actually want to move to that don't have connections here, mm-hmm. as well as a city that my kids and, you know, some people's grandkids want to come back to. So um, I have a real vested interest in this because when I'm done with eight years as a mayor, if I, if I, you know, serve two terms, I'll have a 20-year-old, I'll have <laughs> a 17-year-old who I'll want to stay around, uh, and I'll have a 13-year-old. So how do I craft a city that says, you guys want to stay here because this is the best city in the world to live in right now?
0: And the other side of that is we were talking about uh, addiction and services for addiction. Well, there's a lot of different services that the city has funded in the past through nonprofits mm-hmm. that has been, that money has been constricting steadily. And in fact, the mayor's last budget had it, a lot of it zeroed right. out and the council puts them back in. There's not enough money. Right. What do you, how, how do we support these nonprofits?
3: So w- one thing I have you know, in the community is I, I do have a, a strong connection in, uh, within the church community and the nonprofit community in the city. And I would love, Patrick, to be able to use the bully pulpit of the mayor to say, hey, I want to I bring all the churches together. I want to bring all of our nonprofit community together. I want to bring all our big-hearted businesses together and say, hey, this is our mayor's movement for 2019. We're going to focus on one thing and make a deep impact in the city. It may be male mentors for kids first grade to sixth grade. It may be poverty. Uh, It may be homelessness, whatever it is. But I'm firmly convinced that if we get five, six, seven hundred people in those sorts of positions of leadership, the government doesn't need to create a program. We got the hearts, and the people want to do it here, they just need to be corralled. And point it in the right direction. And say this is the one issue that the city really needs to focus on. Right. So, for instance, talking about the meth problem, we need male mentors for these guys that are coming out of federal prison who are trying to start their life over, and and they need uh, they need help. They need help getting a job. They need help being shown how to be a man, how to be a father, how to be a husband. Um, that's a need. So, how do we raise the awareness in the community that this is a need? And I think it starts in the mayor's office to say this is a need we need for our city, Sioux Falls.
0: But is it. Does it also need money money is money is
3: part of it, but I think money will come from those nonprofit communities and those church communities uh, if the need is uh, uh, is there and it's articulated well. So I have a lot of organizations, people included individuals who want to help financially and otherwise in Sioux Falls. They just don 't know what is the need. Is it affordable housing? Is it poverty? Is it all the kids on free and reduced lunch? Do we need more backpacks? Because the backpack program... I mean, do we need more winter coats? What is the need?
0: The need is everything. The need is everything. <laughs> the one... And we've talked about transportation before, but that's, that is a, a big deal that people need. And that costs money. Everything, ultimately, even... You're right. You can make a huge impact with, by leading a charge on, a, on an issue and trying to solve that issue. But there's a lot of issues out there that mm-hmm. aren't sexy that people do need um, transportation is one of them. For but, sure. But you also, one of your points is housing. What can the city, we've been building more low-income housing, not, I don't want to say affordable housing, but we've been building more and more and more around the city. It's still tough out there. Mm-hmm. What's What are you going to do as mayor to make it more mm-hmm. affordable to live here?
3: One of the things we're doing right now is we're basically just keeping up with demand, with affordable housing. I mean, there's there's this gap and we're not catching up on it at all. Uh, And I was meeting with someone. I'm showing you a map here. You can't Mm -hmm. see this, obviously, over the radar. This is Pettigrew Heights neighborhood, and this shows you in this neighborhood, there's 1,100 rental units in this neighborhood, and there's 300 owner-occupied units. So the rental density is super high. Mm -hmm. So what can the city do to help provide incentivizations, neighborhood revitalization options? Because I think you and I can agree some of these places need it in mm-hmm. Pettigrew Heights. But they so, could
0: be rehabbed. They could be rehabbed. torn down and built exactly.
3: new apartment buildings or whatever. Exactly. And when they're rehabbed and when people come into those neighborhoods and they repaint houses and they fix porches and they trim trees and they plant shrubs... The pride of ownership goes up in that neighborhood. The community policing effort amongst the citizen goes up. Crime goes down. I mean, I'm, I I believe that can happen
0: here. But affordable housing is not just a Pettigrew Heights issue. It's so the it's whole c- citywide. It's, and I like to sometimes
3: call it workforce housing because so when we think affordable housing, sometimes people call it low income. I mean, we need housing for the 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 person right out of college who's making thirty five yeah. grand who needs a good six hundred dollar a month safe apartment somewhere.
0: Yeah, and, so that's and a, a lot of too. apartments in this town, even at one bedroom, are. Seven, eight, nine hundred. Right, especially out in the circle. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, We're going to have to stop there. Paul Tenhaken, he is candidate for mayor in the April tenth election, and uh, you can find out more about his plan by going to at P Lally Show for our Twitter feed, or uh, what's your social media for the campaign?
3: Paul Tenhaken, P A U L T E N H A K E N.
0: Find it everywhere. Mm. Paul, thanks for spending some time with us today. You bet. We'll be right back. To finish up, this is Patrick Lally show. Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 458 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And I'm going to declare the winner of our contest. Just a second here. (laughs) Uh, Never let your computer go dark on you. I know who it is. I know who it's going to be. Uh, Exposure Gallery. That is, of course. I, I know who that is. Exposure Gallery wins the P. Lally Show patch. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Jason Polkertz, director of the Visual Arts Center at the Washington Pavilion. This is The Patrick Lally Show. See you tomorrow.